Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I am Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke. We both are that today. And today we're going to talk about some uh, what uh, solar power incentives, or I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, right? Do you remember that from Popeye? No? Yes, I do okay, remember she's, that. She's looking but you at didn't me like say I'm it with insane. the right voice. I, I thought know. you'd have the do the. Oh, gladly pay you. Too yeah, soon. yeah. All right. Okay. So anyway, uh, besides reminiscing about Popeye, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, all of the solar power incentives that are currently available, because you know I've been going out doing evaluations for solar, and we there's a, still a lot of misunderstanding uh, out there in the general public about just how much solar costs and, and how, how inexpensive it is. And there are still quite a lot of governmental incentives that are out there that make it even, even more cheap. Is yeah, well, especially word? if you're a commercial yeah. uh, uh, it, entity, like if you're a farm or you have a, even the smallest possible business, uh, you can qualify for a number of things. Yeah, well, you know, to give away the ending of the story, it, it's almost <laughs> it's almost uh, so cheap. It doesn't make any sense not to get it if you're, especially a profitable rural business. So we'll we'll touch on that. Well, I just want to say that I also think that having an array is a, a good marketing tool if you're trying at all to be sustainable or resilient in your practices with your business because it is a billboard that says look i'm doing the best i can i'm investing my profit into trying to do better for the environment yeah i mean there's it, it is like a big billboard out there saying I'm green. Uh, I'm greener than you are. Ha ha ha. No, <laughs> I mean, but basically saying I'm I'm making a commitment, and it's nice because it's actually cheaper than continuing to just pay your electric bill. So it's a, it's an investment. Yeah, there's some cost up front. Uh, we'll we'll show that that can be fairly minimal, and um, but but it also is something that will pay back and pay back pretty dramatically. I guess the big caveat is. Most of these incentives require that you be profitable in some form or another. And I know rural profitable businesses may be an oxymoron. I'm not quite sure. But, um, but anyway, if you've got the cash flowing in, you should do it. You should well, do I'm it not sure. sure about the profitability, but I am sure that you would have to have filed a Schedule F if you're a farm. Well, that, that may or may tax. not be the case. No, uh, it absolutely is the case. No, not on the REAP grant. No? So anyway. Oh, okay. Okay. So anyway, so uh, let's talk a little bit about residential because let's assume you're not a business owner. Um, what kind of incentives are out there? If you're a residential homeowner, you're just thinking, you know what? I, I've been hearing about solar. I want to do solar. I'm starting to see some of these ads, you know, on online or on television, or I don't know if people watch television anymore. But anyway, um, these things, which which are a lot like the old uh, aluminum siding, you know, be careful of um, of the scams. It, it's a little bit like um, insurance. My dad always used to tell me, insurance should be bought; it should not be sold. So solar should be bought not sold. So if somebody comes cold calling at your home saying, I got a deal for you, there's this governmental program or whatever, be skeptical about it because some of these things truly are scams. Some but, of the stuff that's popping up online when we're watching YouTube, 
they're saying, oh, you can get $2,000 so you can do this for free. And it's just not true. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about what is real here. Uh, and of course, for the residential, there's the investment tax credit. And, and that's the big one for residential. Basically, what this means is currently you can get, you can deduct, uh, I shouldn't use the word deduct, but you get a 26% tax credit. Oh, wait, what's a tax credit? All right, well, I'll explain that. Let's say that your solar array, you paid $10,000 for your solar array on your home. Basically, what a tax credit means is 26% of that, I'm using 10,000 because it's easy math, <laughs> is $2,600. So if I owed $3,000 in federal taxes, for example, I now only owe $400. So it's not a deduction. It's a credit against your tax bill. So it's like real, real money, assuming you're paying income tax, which, you know, a lot of when we go out and talk and their senior says, oh, I'm on Social Security. I don't pay taxes. So that's not fair. And I'm always like, yeah, it's not fair that you're not paying taxes. So it's not, you know, it's not a thing for folks in a nonprofit business, for example, because they're not paying federal taxes, or if you don't earn enough to pay tax, that's one of the hits against this tax credit, is it really is of benefit only to those who are, who are currently paying taxes. But, but, but the other thing is, the other thing is that um, you, you are going to add value to your property and as time goes by is going to add more value because more people are going to expect or demand that there is some sort of renewable energy attached to their property. Oh, for sure. Um, so, but there is a movement uh, afoot and this is not a guaranteed thing, but it, it sounds like it's, you know, better than 50% chance that it's going to happen that they're going to change this tax credit to if you do not pay tax you'll get a refund. So, so you'll get cash back for this investment tax credit, which would be great because then schools, you know, churches, uh, those low income, whatever, these folks now become eligible for this tax benefit. So it's like an incentive then. They're looking for ways to incentivize sure. people. And, and, that's, and <laughs> the investment tax credit keeps getting renewed periodically. It's currently at 26%. It's scheduled to remain at 26% in 2022, then drop to 22% in 2023. And Let me then, ask, if, is this federal or is this state? Yeah, it's federal. Okay. And, and then down to 10%, but for commercial only in 2024. But there is a uh, bill that's just been uh, introduced here recently called the Residential Solar Opportunity Act. And that proposes to increase it back up to 30%, used to be 30%. And that's going to extend for another five years and then phase down again to about 10% in 2028. So it's, it's very likely that this thing will be extended again. It's popular both with Republicans and Democrats. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, I'm hoping that it'll be extended. Well, the reason I ask about states, because <clears throat> it seems like that each state has their own view of solar, and like in the Midwest, they think it sucks. But, uh, you know, they're still in the hip pocket of the fossil fuel industry. Right. But other states, other states tend to have a different opinion. Yeah, they have different incentive programs. I'll hit on some of the state one, uh, state programs here in, in just a bit. 
But uh, the commercial, now a couple other things. If you are a commercial entity, and there are some ways that they define what is a commercial entity, a home business may or may not qualify, depending on how it's set up. But let's assume you've got a small commercial business, and um, you can use accelerated depreciation on these um, systems. So the way that works is the investment in your solar array is eligible to be deducted or depreciated in the first um, year up to currently 87% of the cost. So once again, if it's a $10,000 investment, you could actually deduct, and this is a deduction, not a credit, $8,700 off of your um, taxes. And if you're paying, if it's a corporate rate of say 21%, that's going to be you know, whatever 21% of 8,700 bucks is. So, so that's a, that's a good, you know, it's going to be 18, 19% of the total cost in, in tax savings. So that's another chunk. And if you happen to be a rural business, then uh, the USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture has a program they refer to as the REAP program, and that's Renewable Energy for America program. And this will provide up to 25% grant. So they define an agricultural, they should really call it a rural business because any business in a city or, or um, governmental body of less than 50,000 people is considered a rural business and is eligible for the REAP grant. So that's another 25%. So just those three, if you add them up, 26%, 25%, 18, 19% for your accelerated depreciation, right there, you're only going to be paying about 25% out of pocket after all of your deductions if you are a small rural agricultural right. business. Well, the other thing I will say, which I sort of pointed out at the beginning, is that the USDA also has very low interest loans if you are a farm and and file a Schedule F with your annual tax return that would enable you to come up with some of the funding you needed. Yeah, that those REAP programs, they will give you up to 75%, but you got to have 25% of your own money in it. So you can't do like a 25% grant, 75% loan. You could do a 25% grant, a 50% loan. So they have some low interest loans in there. Um, on the state level, there are a couple of other programs going on. Uh, this one's a little hard to explain, but uh, it's called a REC or an SREC. Uh, these are renewable energy certificates. And an SREC is just basically a solar renewable energy certificate. And the way these things came about is the various states came up with the idea that they wanted to incentivize utility companies to install um, solar. So they'd say, all right, we want X percentage, let's say 30% of our state's power being generated through solar. So utilities go out and install solar. So that was the goal. Well, there wouldn't be any incentive for them if they didn't, you know, it's a carrot and stick kind of thing. So the stick is if you don't meet these goals, we're going to fine you. And the fines can be pretty dramatic. They can be $400, $500 per megawatt hour. And a megawatt hour, um, give you a sense of that, a megawatt hour is about what 
the average suburban home consumes over the course of a month in America, a little bit more. Um, so anyway, so, so they would find them. So then these utilities could either go out and build their own solar arrays, or if somebody has a solar array who's connected to the grid, pumping their excess power back into the grid through net metering, which we'll touch on in, in a second, um, they could sell not the power, but the right to claim the power as part of the utilities portfolio. So that's a wreck. It's like a carbon credit or a green energy certificate credit. So, so let's say AEP wants to buy the right to claim my array as part of their portfolio. They would have to pay me a certain amount of money. Well, how much do they want to pay me? They want to pay me nothing. I want to get as much as I can get out of it. But the maximum they're going to pay is whatever the fine is because they'd never pay more than that. Doesn't make any sense, right? They just, they just pay the fine if it was going to cost more. So a marketplace develops and the price goes up and down depending on how much they have built, how much is out there, how many people are trying to sell wrecks. But it doesn't exist in every state, does it? No, it doesn't. It only exists in, in basically seven states and <laughs> the District of Columbia. And that's not Alabama or Ohio. Well, no, Ohio has wrecks. Ohio oh, yeah, wrecks. what are they, pennies? Yeah, well, they're not worth um, the filing effort. the paperwork for. <laughs> I was going to um, say. But, but to give you a sense of it, the states that do have wrecks, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Maryland, Ohio, Delaware, Illinois, and Pennsylvania. Those are the states and the District of Columbia. So essentially, you can sell your RECs to utilities. And these can be quite lucrative. For instance, if I were to build a solar array in Washington, D.C., I don't know where I'd build it, but uh, let's say that you could. There's a lot of rooftops there. Yeah, there are. Um, they're currently paying $415 a REC. So our solar array live off of that. Well, not quite. <laughs> but our solar array generally currently produces about one megawatt per month. So that would be one rack, and we would get paid four hundred and fifteen dollars for every every um, month for our array, which would essentially pay for the array in two years just from the wrecks, not even counting the value of the electricity, things of that nature. So. It's really sad, too, because energy companies are making a lot of money for their shareholders, and they, they should be sharing it in this way with, with their, their customers. All right. Well, speaking of sharing, you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke, and we want to remind you, it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And thank God. Thank God. So we're talking about good things today. Happy news. This is a happy occasion, right? Hopeful. So, hopeful. Hopeful news. <laughs> That's the word of the day. The, the word of the day is hopeful. All right. So we. Um, so the wrecks really go anywhere from $415 in Washington, D.C. The next highest is, uh, let's see, Massachusetts, which is $322 a wreck, all the way down to Ohio. Poor little Ohio. <laughs> Two cents. No, $9.50 <laughs> is the last. Um, the problem with something like that, though, is for, for uh, it costs like $100 a year to file the paperwork. For us, if we're generating one rec a month, that'd be 12 recs. We get about $110, pay about $100. Eh, just not worth it. So, so the recs. I think that's the point. 
yeah. then they get to keep a lot of hundred ten dollars, and they're getting very very. Well, rich. nobody's keeping it. Nobody sent. Nobody's. These aren't being. It's a. No, well, it's they, a false they make economy. a profit. No, who does? If they paid us $110, that would take away from their profit. Yeah, it would. And that's one of the complaints that the utilities have <laughs> is you say, look, at, you're, you're, you're increasing our costs for no good reason. We're not getting anything out of this other than we're just being fined for not being as renewable as you've right, decided we should be. But it's not true. Be. They're getting a lot because they have it as a backup. When people are, are selling it back to the utility for when they don't use all of it or need all of it, they are. They have a backup now. Well, you could argue, and, and our perspective is solar is a good thing, but they would come back and say, listen, this is our business. Let us run it. You know, you don't have to come in and tell me how to create my own portfolio. I've been in this uh, business, young lady, for 52 years, yeah. you know. Well, and, just because you've been doing it doesn't mean you do it right. Yeah, well, you're doing it wrong for 50 years. You know, at least you got a pension. So, yeah. all right, there's some other, there are some other state programs out there uh, other than RECs, which I mentioned only happen in about seven states. Um, there are a lot of loan programs. Um, the state of Ohio has a good loan program called Ecolink. And um, what they do there is if you're financing the cost of your solar array through a participating bank. And I'm not quite sure which banks participate in this program. I do know at least a couple of years ago, Key Bank was saying, yes, we, we do. So it's something your bank deals Maybe with. Maybe more progressive banks, which if that word goes with banking, but. Yeah, so they what they'll do is there's a state budget allocation and they will subsidize 3% of the interest, you know, so so the the interest rate three percent. So if you're paying six percent for your loan, the state will pay three percent of it. You'll pay three percent. So um, it's a it's a subsidy of the interest on your loan, which is good. It's going to reduce the cost of of your um, of your financing of the array. So that's state programs. There are a bunch of different loan programs out there. Some of them are statewide. Some of them are local in nature. So you can look into that. There's a really good website out there called Desire, D-S-I-R-E. I don't remember what that stands for, but it's all of the different um, incentive programs for renewable energy that are out there and available. And it's state by state, and there's just a map on the website. You can click on whatever state, and it will list them all, and you can link in, and you can get all sorts of good information about it. Um, there's some other, another statewide program that's out there is the sales tax exemption program. So in a lot of states, um, if you buy solar equipment to install on your home, it's exempt from your state, from your sales tax, just like some food or uh, I don't know, healthcare, or if you're a farmer, your farming stuff in Ohio is exempt. So the states that have exempted sales tax in the U.S., for solar are Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Florida, Iowa, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Jersey, New Mexico, Ohio, but only if you live in Cincinnati and Cleveland, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. Okay, but well, they must have a stronger lobby than I we do. I don't know. Okay, that's the only one. That's the only state that had an exemption like that. Rhode Island, Tennessee, Vermont, Washington State, and the cheese heads up in Wisconsin. Ooh. So 
Anyway, so those are the states where if you are installing a solar array, you don't have to pay sales tax on on the equipment. That, that would you be buy. a huge savings well, when you're yeah, talking, six, you know, seven, six, eight percent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, you know, another exemption that's out there, uh, we're starting to get into some of the more localized exemptions is uh, property tax exemptions. There are a lot of municipalities or taxing districts that are saying, you know what, here you've invested, you brought this up just a few minutes ago, you're adding value to your home. So now we're going to appraise your home as being worth more. So the fact that you've installed a solar array is gonna increase your property taxes. So they've said, you know what, we don't wanna de-incentivize um, or disincentivize. I don't know what the word would be, um, the installation of solar. So, so we're going to exempt that added value from your taxes. So um, the, some of the studies that are out there have shown that when you do install solar, it adds on average about 1% to your tax bill. They, they sort of judged it as increasing the value of your home by about 1%, which um, well, I don't know where they're picking that yeah, up, but well, it's really just that's what ends up being. There are some uh, places that with real estate companies, real estate boards, where they're offering green designations, which also increases the value of the property. And the other thing um, that you have talked about in the past, which I find interesting, is you could build it into your home loan, like if you're building a new home, and then that debt somehow is tied up with your taxes and then it can go on to the next owner? Well, there, you know, you're confusing two different oh, okay. things there. Yeah, there are a lot of, a couple of states and increasingly states are doing this. For instance, California passed a law that says every new home has to have solar installed on it if, if, in, if at all possible. So there would be some instances, I'm sure it's not possible. Hawaii has the same kind of thing. And so a lot of mortgage companies are just saying, hey, well, that's part of the cost of building your structure. We'll just incorporate that into the, into the mortgage. But I'm starting to see ads out there that um, other folks are saying, listen, refinance your house. And as part of the refinance, we'll roll the cost of your installation into this refinance um, so that you're building that into the cost. But there is another program, and this is primarily commercial oriented, but let's say you're renting a business a building for your business and you're not quite sure that you want to go ahead and spend all the money that's involved in installing solar because it's not your building. Well, you can work with the, the landlord and the cost of the installation will be financed by your city, for example. They'll pay for the cost of this and then they will assess you on your tax bill to pay this back. So a, a good example, um, for instance, I looked at one, I think it was in San Antonio, Texas, or maybe somewhere in Arizona. Anyway, their program is they'll, you can pick either a 10-year payback or a 20-year payback. There's zero down payment, so no money up front. So it's 100% financed. It's financed at a fixed rate of 5.99% interest. And there are no credit checks, which makes sense because well, the business owner may change. Yeah, yeah. they're going to just take your property away yeah. if you don't pay the, your taxes. So this then gets rolled into your tax bill. 
And that's, um, I mean, imagine where we've already said about three quarters of the cost of your system is going to be paid for through these various grants. If it's a rural business with the REAP grant, uh, your accelerated depreciation, your uh, investment tax credit. And now the other 25%, you can just simply tack on to your, to your property tax. And um, such a deal would be foolish not to, not to do it. Yeah. Now PACE stands for property assessed clean energy. So it's one of those acronyms that actually makes makes sense. sense. There are some rebate programs that are out there. For example, Hawaii is trying to. um, Wait, what did you mean about PACE? You say PACE, that's the property assessed. That's what's on your taxes. Oh, that's the property assessed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the rebate programs are like in Hawaii. Um, Hawaii has a lot of solar installed. And what's kind of happened with Hawaii is in the middle of the afternoon, they have huge amounts of energy available to them. But then as soon as the sun goes down and people are still awake and they're watching, who knows, dancing with the stars and microwaving hot pockets or whatever they do in Hawaii or, <laughs> or using their, their mixers and making margaritas, um, anyway, there's a lot of power in the early evening uh, being consumed. So the utility company, that's their peak load demand, is right from the time the sun goes down to the time people go to bed. That's the time they need the power. So what they're going after is how do we make people put in battery storage in their homes so that we can um, access that power when we need it? So what they're doing is saying, okay, if you install solar or panel or p- batteries on your home and you give us the right to pull that power from you two hours during the day, then we will give you $850 for every kilowatt hour of storage that you put on your, on your home. So that's pretty dramatic. In fact, it can go all the way up to about $3,200. Or $3, um, which will pay for a fair amount, maybe half the cost of your battery installation, just for allowing the utility to draw from that. So what they're envisioning is, okay, you charge your batteries in the afternoon, they're fully charged, evening comes, we can pull from the power of your batteries, and uh, that will help us with our grid demand. You know, But, but do the they load. also do net metering? Because that would make more sense to me that they would be pulling at the peak time, they're generating the energy and not using all of it. So yeah, midday, midday. No, midday is, is normally peak load, but in Hawaii, it's not because there's so much solar out there. So people are not buying power from no, the grid. No, so I'm in using the, the wrong the word. Day. I'm saying what, what the company should be doing is pulling the extra energy during middle of the day when there's so much being generated and not needed. Well, what they're saying is store it you're going to store it and we're going to pull it when we need it. You're going to pay for the storage device. And so that's their incentive. Um, you know, they don't need power in the middle of the day. People aren't buying it from them. Well, that's they have true. Utility solar. companies don't they need have it when, when people want it. Yeah. So, yeah. so rather than the utility going out and building a big battery bank, they're just going to pay individuals to buy it and maintain it. And we just now have the right to use it, which is, you know, it makes sense. It's kind of what Germany did back back in the day. And then you had mentioned net metering. Net metering, of course, is the granddaddy of all of these incentive programs, which basically means when I generate excess power, I have the right to sell it back to the utility. So the utility is a big battery. 
I send power to them when I have extra. I pull from them when I need it. So speaking of power, we are out of time, energy, whatever. So you have been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We want to thank our always energetic producer, Adam Rich, and we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us and your grandmother, as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is... Play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and for heaven's sake, be a good citizen. Till next time. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blueroxstation.com.